Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. If you do not believe that I am the one I claim to be. And who did Jesus claim to be? The actual Son of God who came in the flesh, died for you and me, perfectly sinless, so that he could be our substitute. Notice what he says. If you do not believe that I am that one, the one that I claim to be, you will indeed die in your sins. How important is it? There's nothing more important. There is much at stake in whether or not we believe and receive Jesus Christ. In fact, it's the most important decision we will ever make in our lives. In today's message, Pastor Mark highlights the importance of what one does with Jesus Christ. We all must determine for ourselves who we believe he is. But Jesus said, if you do not believe that I am he, meaning the one he claimed to be, then you will die in your sins. The decision has implications for all eternity. Who do you say Jesus Christ is? Is he just a great moral teacher? Or is he your savior, your Lord in your life? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, Who is this Jesus? Antichrist's goal, run by Satan, is to remove God from everything that we know. That's his goal. During the seven years tribulation, he'll just try to remove God totally from this earth. By the way, has the Antichrist, the Antichrist spirit that's in our world run by Satan today? How's he done in America? Let's, let's talk about the school. Has the Antichrist removed God from the school in our country? Absolutely. And he's trying to do it from the church. Do you know in West Palm Beach recently, I don't know what's happened with it, they're trying to pass an ordinance that a church can't build a building more than 750 people because they don't want the hassle. Guys, the spirit of Antichrist is alive. And so understand what this is. Such people are Antichrist for they have denied the Father and the Son. You say, you mean because I don't believe in Jesus, I'm denying the Father? Yes, the Father and the Son are one. He goes on and he says, anyone who denies the Son doesn't have the Father either. But anyone who confesses the Son has the Father also. So what do we see? Can you be a Christian and not believe that Jesus is the son of God who came to this earth in flesh and lived his life sinlessly and went to the cross and died for your sin? Absolutely not. You're an anti-Christ. That's incredible. This isn't a new problem. Well, in the book, now we know how they classify Jesus. In the book, Dan Browns lists all these things. 
Well, the disciples never really believed Jesus was God. The early church fathers didn't. It didn't get to the council at 300 of Nicaea where they made that decision. Lie, lie. Jesus never claimed he was God. It was all a political deal. Well, let's go to the truth. Let's go to the truth this morning. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 16. How did the disciples who walked with him for three and a half years, how did they see Jesus? Did they believe he was fully man and fully God? First thing for you to write down when you see this is just this. The disciples believed Jesus to be God. In Matthew 16, that's why I'm asking you to turn there. The disciples absolutely believed Jesus to be God. Now, when the disciples came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, when Jesus came to the region, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? So the very same question that people are saying today, after they see the movie, after they read the book, they go like, well, who is this Jesus? Is it really true that he's like this figment imagination, he's a nice guy and everything was orchestrated and politically and he was never really God, never said he was God? Is that who he is? What was the same problem then? Jesus says, hey, what are the guys in the streets saying about me? Well, look at the answer in, in your passage. They go through these topics. Notice what they say. Well, they replied, some say you're John the Baptist. Other people say you're Elijah. Other people say you're Jeremiah. And other people say you're one of the prophets. Jesus says, you know, I, I know that. People are confused about who I am. But then he says this to his disciples. I don't care about other people. Who do you say I am? I mean, you've been following me. Who am I? And notice... Simon Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, Dan Brown says the disciples were confused who Jesus was. I beg to differ. Notice later, Peter would write this, our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He knew exactly who Christ was. John, notice what he says. This, the first of his miraculous signs, Jesus performed at Canaan Galilee. Remember when he turned the water into wine? And he thus revealed his glory, his deity, that he was God. And notice what it says. And circle it. His disciples put their faith in him. And the last one, John 6, 67. Then Jesus said to the twelve Remember, Jesus said, you're going to be my disciple, you're going to have to really, it's going to cost you. He said, and all these people left, because, let me make a statement to you early on. Some of you will know who Jesus is. You absolutely know who he is. He's the son of God. But you will never turn your life over to him because you refuse to have God rule your life. I believe Herod, when when Jesus stood in front of him, absolutely knew who he was. But he had refused to ever turn his life over to him. So when Jesus said to, his, to this group of people like this group, he says, hey, it's going to cost you to follow me. You know what happened to this group? Most of them left. Why? Did they know who he was? Absolutely. Are they willing to follow? Not a chance. And Jesus turned to his disciples and he says, uh, do you also want to go away? Simon Peter again spoke up and he says, hey, who are we going to go to? What does he mean by that? Look at You have the words of eternal life. In other words, Jesus, the only way I can get to heaven is listen to you. You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. What can I say to you? The disciples as a whole, 100%, absolutely knew that Jesus was God. Dan Brown, the Da Vinci Code, is a liar. Now, how about the writers of the New Testament? 
The Da Vinci Code basically says that while the writers of the New Testament, they were confused, they didn't know, it didn't work. Well, so let me make a couple of statements to you. Turn with me, by the way, to First John, excuse me, John, Gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, John chapter 1. If you're taking notes, the first thing you want to write under this, how did the writers of the New Testament see Jesus? All the writers of the New Testament believed Jesus to be God. All 27 books in the New Testament finished before the first century ended. Finished before the first century ended. All of the writers, in one way or another, talk about the deity of Jesus Christ. And it's absurd to think that the deity of Christ wasn't established three till 300 to 400 years later when Constantine finally like upgraded Jesus to a new status. Entirely wrong. Colossians 2.9, Paul, who wasn't a believer in Jesus at all, and then wrote most of the New Testament, here's what he says. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. He wasn't confused. He knew Jesus in the flesh was still 100% God. Now, John 1, look at verse 1 through 3. In the beginning was the word. When you see the word, you can just substitute the word Jesus. That's what it means. In the beginning was the word Jesus. And the word Jesus was with God. And the word Jesus was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that had been made. So what does John tell us about Jesus? What did John come to understand about Jesus? While he was with him, hundreds of years before the Council of Nicaea, John knew that Jesus was never created, never had a beginning, and existed from all time and all eternity. By the way, there are people today uh, cults, wonderful people, just totally confused. I'll mention two specifically, the Mormons and the Jehovah Witness. They do not believe in the Jesus you believe in. One of them believes that Jesus and Lucifer were brothers, that Jesus is a created being. Jesus is not a created being. He's always existed. He's always been God. So you can't believe that and go to heaven. People don't know. They don't know what they're being taught because they don't study the Bible. Now, so Pastor Mark, why are you so just straightforward? God, help me that you will hear truth here. It's not about me. It's your eternal destiny. When I have to stand before God, when I have to stand before God and God says, why would you water it down? Why didn't you say to those people, you're wrong? And I'm not saying what I'm saying. I'm telling you what God's word says. And I hope I'm doing it. I'm trying to do it with love. You have to have a heart for the lost. You have to tell the witness. You're the one that has to go and say, man, here's truth. I'm praying that you understand it. Lovingly confront them. Get them involved. People are going to hell next to us. We don't care. We have the truth. And the truth is there's only one way to God through Jesus. Look at this passage. You'll see it. The word was with God. What does that mean? Jesus had a separate distinct personality. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He wasn't just an idea or a thought. He was a real person who lived from the beginning of time with God. The word was God. You see, he didn't only dwell with God, but he was God. This is the first of many, many, many crystal clear statements that Jesus Christ is God. Not a little G God, not God-like, but Jesus is God. 
So all the writers in the New Testament absolutely believe that Jesus was God. What about the church fathers? When the writers in the New Testament all died, we move into the next century, second, third, fourth century. What did the church fathers, the pastors in those days, believe? Well, the claim that Jesus was a mortal man, no church father ever saw him as God until the Council of Nicaea years later is 100% wrong. It's a full lie. We know from documented history that the early church fathers were unequivocally clear that Jesus was God. Let me read some of them to you. Ignatius. AD 105. These are all quotes. God himself was manifest in human form. Clement, AD 150. It is fitting that you should think of Jesus Christ as God. Justin Martyr, AD 160. The father of the universe has a son, and he is, is even God. Irenaeus, AD 180. He is God for the name Emmanuel indicates this. Origin, AD 225. No one should be offended that the Savior is also God. So what does that say to us? Every single one of those church fathers, they absolutely believe hundreds of years before the Council of Nicaea that Jesus Christ was God. You know, there's an interesting thing I won't turn this morning, but you can write it down. Just go to Mark chapter 3, verse 11 sometimes. Here's something very interesting. Jesus was ministering to people, and demons were there, and it says the demons all bowed down to Jesus and said, truly, you are the Son of God. It's amazing this morning that there's no confusion in hell or with any demon. Every demon knows exactly who Jesus was. They bow down because he had control over them. You say, well, Pastor Mark, then why is there confusion? Because the head of the demon, Satan, is a great deceiver. It sounds right, but it is not. Now, did Jesus ever claim to be God? Dan Brown will say, no, he didn't. Jesus himself never claimed to be God. Turn with me to John chapter 14. Yes, he did. First thing you want to write down is Jesus claimed to be God and all his enemies absolutely knew it. Why do you think people today are against evangelicals, those people that hold to the truth of the Bible? Because they hate it because their consciences are pricked when they hear the truth. Notice these statements before we read John 5, 18. For this reason, the Jews tried all the harder to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal to God. Why in the world were the Jews religious people trying to kill him? Because he said he was God. Blasphemous, they said. And then this great statement, remember back in the Old Testament, Moses said, God came to Moses and he said, why don't you go and take care of the Israelites and whatever. And Moses said like, well, wait a minute. Who am I going to say sent me? God made this great statement. I am Well, look at what Jesus uses. And the Jews all knew that statement by heart. Look what happens in John 8, 58. Before Abraham, Jesus says, before Abraham was born, I am, what was he saying? I'm God. John 10, 30. I and the Father were one. We're one. I'm God. I'm God. No question about it. Now, John 14, verse 6. Jesus answered, I'm the way and the truth and the life. But if you have your own opinion, you can come to God any way you like. Is that what he said? 
Now, here's the problem. And don't be sarcastic with this. You say, Pastor Mark, Jesus says he's the way and the truth and life, and no one comes to God except through him. That's too narrow for me. Okay? What's your way to get to God? Well, I'll be good enough. How good? For how long? What are you going to do with your sin? I'm better than somebody else. Then who? Compared to what? Where's the standard? You see, I have to say to you, it is very narrow, but it's the truth. There's only one way to God. That's through Jesus. Jesus made the statement. Now listen, either that's true or he's a liar. If he's a liar, you can believe anything you want. All bets are off. None of us have a chance. You might as well just enjoy the rest of life because we're going to spend eternity in hell. It's that clear. What are you going to do with that statement? I'm the way. I'm the truth. What are you going to do with that? Debate it? I didn't say it. This isn't a church creed. This is Jesus. He said, I came to this earth to provide a way for man. So you can't debate it. And Philip goes through, and I won't take time. He just goes, Philip says, well, you know, just show us the Father. And Jesus basically says, Philip, I've been showing you the Father. The Father and I are one. Where you been? See, it was hard for them to see that that was God, but he was God right in front of them. So every single where Jesus went, he proclaimed one thing. I am the son of God. I'm deity. I came in bodily flesh from heaven, always have been, to take care of the sin problem of man. He proclaimed that over and over and over again. Well, let me ask you the last part of the question then. How important is it to believe that Jesus is God? And he's the savior of the world. How important is it? Here, A.W. Tozer makes a great statement. He says this. What comes into our minds when we think about Christ is the most important thing about us. You see, our minds are filled with what we're going to do today and tomorrow and this afternoon and the next day. And and that's good. What we had for breakfast, where we're going to go for lunch and how we fix our face and what it looked like this morning in the mirror. And those things are always in our mind. But let me say one thing to you. The central key of your life, I don't care how young you are, old you are, there's one key. Who is Jesus and what have you done about it? What you believe about that is where you will spend eternity forever. The rest of the stuff doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I can't have another sinner take care of my problem. I need a sinless savior. And there's only one. Every other world religion leader is dead in the grave. Only one lives. And that's Jesus. Turn with me to John chapter 1 and then John chapter 8 and we're done. John chapter 1, we're reminded about that sin problem. John the Baptist early on in this, I'm sure he told Herodias... And I'm sure he told Herod. John 1.29 says this, Look, when Jesus came down the road and John the Baptist saw Jesus, look what he said. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That's why Jesus came. In other words, there's no one that can forgive our sins. No one. There is no solution to our sin problem but Jesus. So how important is it? Are you kidding Pastor Mark, what if, what if I don't believe that? Then here's a verse, turn to John 8, and you want to highlight it in your Bible, you want to star it, and you need to understand what it's going to say to you. John 8, 24. Say, Pastor Mark, what if I don't believe this about Jesus? 
Well, number one, remember, Romans 3, 23, 6, 23, you're a sinner, I'm a sinner, sin separates us from God, eternal death. Look at John 8, 24. This is Jesus speaking, kindly, but crystal clear. I told you that you would die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am the one I claim to be, and who did Jesus claim to be? The actual son of God who came in the flesh, died for you and me, perfectly sinless, so that he could be our substitute. Notice what he says. If you do not believe that I am that one, the one that I claim to be, you will indeed die in your sins. How important is it? There's nothing more important. John says, apart from the Lord Jesus, there's no way to have forgiveness of sins. And if you do not believe that Jesus is absolutely God in the flesh, who came to this earth, fully God, fully man, went to the cross, sin. You say, well, I believe Jesus sinned. You're done for. That's not the Jesus of the Bible. Unless you believe that wholly, and he died on the cross for you, took your sin, and then you do something about it, you will die in your sins, separated from God forever. This is a true story for the entire world, and that's why the Da Vinci Code is out there, to confuse people about the simple truth that Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible told me so. That's it. Now, here's a question. Here's a question. This is where we close. Who is Jesus to you? Who do you say Jesus is? Who do you say Jesus is? You see, there has to become a point where you move it from here to there. You move it from here to here. Have you? Have your sins ever been forgiven? Have you ever said to God, wow, is he living in your heart right now? You see, Jesus isn't something to believe in out here. He's something to invite in here. That's called a personal relationship with Jesus. Let me show you two more verses and then we're finished. This verse tells us that I can know God. You'll see it very clearly. I can know God. I can understand God. I can understand what salvation means. It's just crystal clear to us. And we know that the Son of God has come, and he has given us understanding so that we can know the true God. You have understanding this morning. You understood the truth. The Holy Spirit taught you. And now we are in God because we are in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the only true God, and he is eternal life. So I can know this. You say, I'm not really sure about it. No, God makes it sure to you. You know in your heart that there's a God. He created you. You know that. Now here's the final key. This is it. The last verse. Very simple. First John 5, 12. He who has the Son living in him has life. He who doesn't have the Son living in him doesn't have life. That's the question. It's not an event. Some of you accepted the Lord 23 years ago, whatever, and you've walked away from God. You're not into God. God's not ruling your life or whatever. I would probably say to you, you never were born again. You say, well, I don't believe that. Well, you better be sure. Don't fool with your salvation. Despite the errors in the Da Vinci Code by Dan Brown, Jesus did claim to be God. The disciples believed this, early church writers and leaders believed this, all, it seems, but Dan Brown. Today, Pastor Mark dispelled some of the myths arising from the Da Vinci Code. He clearly showed what early Christians believed and what Jesus said about who he is. But as Pastor Mark challenged us, the most important question is, who do you say Jesus is? Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. 
We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Jesus was a compassionate shepherd. He often went the extra mile to see that people were cared for, fed, healed, and loved. Sometimes a servant has to go the extra mile because people like sheep need a shepherd. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark talks about what it looks like to shepherd people. How did Jesus do it? How did Jesus care for all the people who were following him? And how might it apply to us? Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting